Welcome back everyone to this week's market update. I'm your host Saklane and today we've got a few different bits of news. We're gonna keep on with the GameStop saga and see what's been going on with Wall Street bets. Then we're gonna look at the new stimulus package that's been proposed by President Joe Biden. And finally a look at what's been going on politically in Myanmar and what might be happening in the economy as a response to that. So as ever let's let's get the breakdown on the financial markets. We can see that despite the negative performance in the markets due to the GameStop saga, the stock market has recovered very well. We could even say that it's had a somewhat V-shaped recovery. The S&P 500 achieved their best week since November 2020, gaining 0.4% following the optimism due to a possible new stimulus package in the US. The Dow Jones gained 0.3% and the Nasdaq rose by 0.6%. This is a pretty significant change from the previous week and has a direct correlation with what's been going on with GameStop as it had soared to 400% in the previous weeks. Nevertheless, other stocks have had their worst week since October. If we continue to look at what's been going on with GameStop and Wall Street bets, we can see that after the huge rally last week, GameStop suffered heavy losses of up to 80% as retail traders went for other sectors such as biotech, silver and cryptocurrency. In my opinion, the hype revolving GameStop has died down as social media posts have started switching attention to other stocks and sectors, it's unlikely for GameStop to have another rally or gamma squeeze in the near future. But other potential targets have emerged, such as BioChrist Pharmaceuticals, a heavily shorted biotech company that develops a rare disease drugs. It recently blew past a five-year high, 39% higher, as Reddit investors called to start a hashtag biowar. Another heavily shorted biotech company called Novavax has also gained interest across chat forums during the last few trading days. So what are some of the implications of this? It's uncertain whether individual investors are artificially creating bubbles in highly short stocks. It's also uncertain whether these bubbles will pop, but certainly this day trader frenzy has caused a huge surge in volatility. Furthermore, this volatility has spilled into broader markets with the ProShares Ultra VIX Short Term Futures ETF surging to a record last month, while the volatility index, the VIX, has not closed below 20 since February 2020. This is not a good sign for the equity market as investors do not favour increased volatility. An interesting kind of tangent to this as we're talking about heavily shorted stocks is what's been going on in South Korea as they've extended their short selling ban. So South Korea indeed partially extended its short selling ban until May the 2nd. It was supposed to expire on March 15th. This was aimed to curb speculative training due to the economic blow from the coronavirus outbreak. Starting from May the 3rd, South Korea will allow short selling of large cap shares. This is due to hedge funds and other financial institutions heavily criticising the ban because short selling is a key hedging tool for institutions. Over the past year, heavy retail buying by young investors has boosted the Kospi Composite Index by 48% and accounted for two thirds of daily turnover on the country's stock market. Thus, there are some concerns over a bubble. Hence, a partial extension is a compromise between institutional and retail investors, and it also makes Korea the largest market to maintain such short-selling restrictions. Well, let's talk about the second bit of news that we've got for you, which is what's been driving the stock markets, particularly in the US, which is the hope of a new stimulus package. The Democrats are starting to move forward with their $1.9 trillion relief package proposed by the Biden administration by approving a budget outline for the proposal. Despite this, the bill is unlikely to include the $15 federal minimum wage as Congress can only pass a limited number of reconciliation bills each year. Nevertheless, President Joe Biden has said he would seek to raise this restriction in future legislation. 
On the other hand, Republicans argued that the package is too large and too proximate to the $900 billion package approved last year, which has yet to be fully spent. As a result, they proposed a $618 billion alternative, but it was still rejected by Joe Biden. And then as ever, uh, politics and economics are intrinsically linked. So if we look at the APAC region, there's been a coup recently in Myanmar. And this is pretty shocking news. So I'll just give you a brief update on what's been going on. So on the 1st of Feb 2020, a day before Parliament was due to swear in newly elected members from the election in November, Myanmar's military deposed the democratically elected leader of Myanmar's ruling party and has taken back control over the country. After this, they further declared a year-long state of emergency. The move received a huge backlash from the public, including a Facebook campaign called the Civil Disobedience Movement which gained over 170,000 followers. This campaign group is used to organise protests against the military coup. As a result, the military leaders imposed a ban on Facebook in the country. Also, the democratically elected leader, Aung San Suu Kyi, was arrested and it was announced that she'll be charged to a sentence of two years in prison. So, other countries have reacted in various fashions. Internationally, countries have expressed concern and encouraged dialogue between the government and the military to resolve the issue. Others also severely condemned the coup and called the release of detained officials. Joe Biden has called on Myanmar's military to relinquish power. The US has also said that they're considering imposing additional sanctions on Myanmar. So as ever, we've got to look at how this will affect the economy. It's clearly going to be very damaging to Myanmar's economy. To begin with, Myanmar is one of the poorest countries in the APAC region, and this political turmoil will only make the economy suffer more. The main impact to affect Myanmar is unlikely to be the increased sanctions coming from the US, but more so the impacted investments coming from the APAC region. With this increased political uncertainty, we can see that many large firms like Suzuki have temporarily halted operations in Myanmar factories. On top of this, Japan's Kirin has also ended its joint beer ventures in Myanmar. Singapore, China and Thailand are the top three countries for FDI in Myanmar in 2020, if investments from these APAC countries are to be halted, Myanmar will see a large decline in GDP growth even when the regime promised to hold a new election within a year. So guys, that's the roundup for this week. Obviously a lot of stuff going on in the international space as well as the battle between retail investors and hedge funds continuing and spilling over into new sectors. As ever guys, if you're interested in investing yourselves, we at Finance Focus have a great partnership with DeGiro. Digiro is a trading platform which you can trade anything between options and stocks on and they've won a number of awards in recent years so check them out in our bio and I will catch you next time.